Hi, welcome to Hayigeret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Ari Ben Meir, and for a refuah lema, a complete healing for Esther Batsipora. In the beginning of creation, God separated the waters. Let there be separation between water and water. Water and water referring to the lower waters of the earth and the higher waters of the earth. In the foundational text of Kabbalah, or mystical Judaism, a text called the Zohar, we get a story which details the lower waters' devastation at what they perceived as rejection from God. The lower waters knew that the lower earthly realm was a place of impurity and the mundane, and that being distant from their divine source wasn't good. The mystics teach that God comforted the waters, explaining that they would be separated, but that they would once again get to connect with God as an integral part of the korbanot, of sacrifices that B'nai Yisrael would bring to the Mishkan, or the Tabernacle. We are entering the third book of the Torah, Vayikra, or Leviticus. In this Parsha, we read about how sacrifices were a large part of the spiritual life of B'nai Yisrael in the desert. We also learn that salt must be added to every single sacrifice. This salt is said to represent the sea salt of the lower waters. This is what God was referring to when comforting the lower waters. In the act of sacrifices, we unite the physical, salt, lower waters, with the divine, God. We no longer can offer sacrifices. We don't have the Beit HaMikdash, the temple in Jerusalem, but we still can sacrifice the figurative animal within ourselves. Each time we elevate ourselves with prayer, with mitzvot, commandments, with acts of kindness, we are bringing ourselves closer to the divine, quote-unquote, sacrificing our animalness. But this elevation, like actual sacrifices, has to have a little bit of salt sprinkled on. So what is the salt for us? The salt represents the salt water, like I mentioned, but it's also the tears of the lower water that, like us, represent a desire to be close to the divine. All of our quote-unquote offerings, which are the expressions of wanting a relationship with God, this being prayer, good deeds, mitzvot, kindness, etc., must be sprinkled with a little salt representing the divine spark in all of us, in all of creation, that again longs to be close to our divine source, God. So I am good at keeping secrets, but I am not good at wondering if I'm being kept from a secret. I don't mean like birthday secrets or any anything like that. I'm referring to like what the heck goes on in Area 51. If you're not familiar, Area 51 is a U.S. Air Force facility that though it's probably just like a normal compound where people are always writing on translucent dry erase boards, has become the center of lots of conspiracy theories about aliens. I gotta know, are there aliens? And I'm definitely not alone in this. When we are told we can't know something, it only makes us want to know it more. Enter sacrifices. Sacrifices do not sit well with the modern mind. Lots of things really about Judaism cannot be fully explained. But that doesn't mean that there isn't an explanation, and it definitely doesn't mean that we can't try to understand. 20th century Torah scholar Nechama Leibowitz wrote a piece that compares the famously opposite views of Maimonides, Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, the Rambam, and Nachmanides, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, the Ramban. The Rambam viewed sacrifices as God's way of replacing the idolatrous sacrifices that we made in Egypt and in the years before. He explains that human nature doesn't just change instantly, and that the perfectly reasonable explanation is that the sacrifices are an idolatry deterrent. The Ramban counters this, 
saying that there were sacrifices made in the Torah before we were in Egypt, such as with Noah, with Noah, with Cain and Hevel, Cain and Abel. So that can't be the only reason. He explains that sacrifices do have an intrinsic value. They're not just a surface-level band-aid for a deep wound. The Ramban suggests that a more acceptable explanation is that human conduct is expressed in the abstract ideas of thoughts, speech, and action. So if someone does something wrong, they should express that repentance in a physical, tangible way, viewing the sacrifice as a substitute for themselves. He says that this explanation is reasonable, but in the context of any mystical teachings, sacrifices contain hidden mysteries that we cannot understand. The Rambam also mentions that humans cannot worship only in thought. We must do so in action as well. An example of that action being sacrifices. So I may never know what goes on in Area 51. And Lahavdil, I may never know why we must learn about sacrifices that we cannot do. But I am sure going to try to understand both. What can I say? Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend.